0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Grounded Podcast. We took a little break for a couple weeks, but we're back and we have a pretty great question. Um, A couple weeks ago, we answered the question um, regarding Rahab the harlot. And this week, we're going to open up a little bit on one of the sections inside of that. And the question we're going to be answering is, when is not telling the whole truth a lie? It's a good question, and I think we all have it every now and then. And to answer it, we have Pastor Matt Round. Hi, Pastor Matt.
1: I hey Noah. Good to see you again. Um, so, yeah, this is a little bit of a follow-up from, you know, how can God... Uh, how can God work through circumstances that we would certainly consider sinful, especially when we consider the fact that God calls his people to holiness. And when it comes to uh, our words, we know that lying is a sin. Uh, there's no other way around it other than to say that God condemns lying. From back in the Ten Commandments, uh, the just the overarching principles of the law, one of those 10 foundational truths is don't lie. You are to speak the truth. And uh, sometimes I think we Don't start there, uh, because we forget why that's important. Why is it that God's people are called to be truthful? And it's because God is truthful. God is a God of truth. He is the definition of truth. All that he says is true. In God, there is no darkness. He cannot lie. It's why the words that are spoken through the prophets must be true, because they claim to speak for God. And so if God is truth, if Jesus can say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Um, then God's people who are called to reflect his character, his nature, who are called to be holy as he is holy, are also then called to tell the truth. So there's no sense where where the consistent habit of someone who claims to be one of God's people can be one of lying or deception. And now, uh, as we are prone to do, we take that and we say, yeah, but what about This circumstance and scenario. Um, And I think we got to work through that tendency to take what God makes clear and our tendency to convolute things and what God says is right and wrong. And we tend to want to make it gray. Um, And there's room, of course, to acknowledge that black and white can be hard to see in circumstances sometimes. But um, let's just start at that place where we have to understand that lying is a sin and that not telling the whole truth constitutes a lie. Um, to withhold information intentionally is to deceive. It's the intent behind the lie, whether those lies are words spoken that confuse or alter the truth, or words that are not spoken that would reveal the truth. And we go to cases like Rahab. We go to cases like the uh, midwives when the people of Israel were in Egypt. We go to cases like um the those who are hiding uh, the jews during the holocaust in germany and poland and austria and other places and we tend to hold those up and we say yeah but what about this circumstance and scenario uh, the biblical cases are interesting because uh there's commendation for those people but especially and we talked about this in rahab's case uh, god doesn't god doesn't commend rahab for lying uh rahab is honored because she chooses the God of Israel over the God of her people because she allies herself with the true God instead of the pagan idols of her people. She, uh, she surrendered to Yahweh when there would have been no cultural reason for her to do that. And she became a worshiper, not, she wasn't exalted because of a work because none of us are valued or, uh, made right with God because of our works. And she certainly wasn't affirmed because of her lying. She was, uh, called one of God's people because of her faith, and Hebrews chapter 11 bears that out, that faith is the only means of pleasing God. And then you come forward and you think of like those who are hiding Jews in the Holocaust and what about them? Isn't that a situation where it's right to lie? And you have to wrestle with the fact that there were people that did not lie, that didn't turn Jews in, but that in those difficult circumstances uh, they did tell the truth and sometimes God sustained them through that. And It makes it a difficult area to wrestle with. But most of the time, I think we want to wrestle with this because our tendency as fallen humans is to try to find out where the line is and then to see how close we can get to it. The reality is that very, very few of us will be put in a position where us telling the truth would put someone else's life in jeopardy. That is such a small, minute percentage that It almost doesn't bear us putting a lot of time into because it's simply not what we struggle with. What we struggle with is the half truth that doesn't preserve the lives of others. It preserves me. Uh, The reason most often that we want to know if not telling the whole truth is a lie is because in some way it preserves me or my image or my relationships or my friendships. Um, and I think that's what we really need to wrestle with. Should you protect the weak and the defenseless? Was it a good and righteous thing to hide those whose lives were in danger? Absolutely. Um, and yet again, none of us, but I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say, nobody listening today is in that circumstance. What you might be in the circumstance of is if you tell the truth to your friend, it might cost you your friendship. If you tell the truth to your boss, it might cost you your job. That's, that's the situation where most of us live. Um, if I actually tell the truth about what goes on that profit and loss sheet, then it might cost me my standing in the company. If I actually choose to tell my friend that that course of behavior isn't what God would want them to do, then it might cost me a relationship. So I, I think maybe, it's, maybe we peel away the, the unique examples although those are the easy ones for us to go to, and maybe we actually drill down on the heart behind why we say what we say in the first place. We know that we are called to tell the truth. We, are no, we know that we're called to speak the truth in love, but where's that intersect between speaking what is truthful and loving others? When it comes to someplace like the workplace where there is and, and again, as a pastor, I've had these situations come up where an employee will see something that doesn't match up in the books or, or something that they're asked to sign that they know isn't truthful, whether it's an expense report or a reimbursement report. In those instances, failing to tell the truth is not because we're wrestling with the morality of it. Failing to tell the truth comes because we're worried about preserving ourself or our job. And the reality is that it actually fails to take into account the idea that God is the one who is sovereign and God is the one who supplies our needs and who sustains us anyway. And so if telling the truth would cost me a job, then with a right theological perspective about who God is and where my income and where my provision comes from in the first place, says that telling the truth and being obedient ultimately doesn't impact my provision because God is the one who provides. That doesn't make job loss easy. It doesn't make telling the truth in those circumstances easy, but it does put it in the right perspective where obedience ultimately surrenders to the understanding that God is the one who sustains me and not my job. Uh, When it comes to friendships, telling the truth in a circumstance where it might cost me a friendship uh, that I don't agree with that stance, that I don't think we should go to that place or do that thing or whatever it might be. And again, that those circumstances come up from elementary school up to our adult friendships. Um, the reality is that when we're thinking clearly, we understand that as believers, we are to be distinct, and not only in the words that we speak, but in the places that we go and the things that we affirm, and that at times that will cost us. And so the question moves away from, is it okay to not tell the truth, to that theological understanding that we are called to be salt and light, that we're called to be distinct and different from the world, and that there are times, Jesus even says, Matthew 10, uh, he lays it out very clearly for the disciples, that to follow him will set you against the world in large part. Um, And so that understanding begins to move away from the specific, should I or shouldn't I, and back to the understanding that... uh, to be a believer will make me different, and that speaking what is true in these situations is one of the ways that it will bring clarity to that. Uh, but as far as what do we say and what when do we say it, I think Ephesians 4 is really helpful here. Uh, when Paul is writing to the, the church in Ephesus and likely to all the churches in that area, he reminds them uh, that they're to be different than what they were. Ephesians 4.17, he says, This I say, therefore, and affirm together with the Lord, that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart. And they, having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality, for they practice every kind of impurity with greediness. But you did not learn Christ in this way, if indeed you have heard him and been taught in him and just, and just as the truth is in Jesus so that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and you will be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and you put on the new self. That reminder that we're not who we were, that as our mind is renewed, we are to put on the new self, which he then says is being made in the likeness of God, which has been createdness in righteousness and holiness of the truth. In other words, truth is one of the kind of core characteristics of the new person in Christ. That as believers, truth is so fundamental to who we are that it's actually one of the ways that we describe our new nature. So to lie, to tell less than the truth should feel foreign to who we are as believers, which is why in Ephesians 4.25, right after that, he says, therefore, laying aside falsehood speak truth each one of you with his neighbor for we are members of one another so why do we say what we say why do we speak truth Uh, first of all because it's part of who we are now second of all because we're members of one another we recognize that not speaking the truth and not speaking the whole truth is actually destructive to the unity that god has designed and built into the body down in verse 29 let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth But only such a word as is good for edification or building up according to the need of the moment that it may give grace to those who hear. And I think that verse is really helpful. When and how much do I say? Because let's face it, telling the whole truth could very well involve exposing all of someone's sin and all of their shortcomings in the moment. Um... Or maybe even it's not something sinful. Maybe it's something less than that. Uh, I come home and uh, Brandy has dinner ready and Brandy's a phenomenal cook. Uh, She's great, which is not her fault the way I look that I do, but it is one of the temptations for why it is hard for me to maintain any kind of shape. She's very good at making food. Uh, But we go home and let's just say that dinner is a complete disaster that night. She has had a busy day with the kids. She got a late start or something got left on the stove and burned. So we go into that situation and say, well, when she says, how was dinner? Telling the whole truth would obviously be saying, well, that was the worst thing I've ever tasted. Hope you do better tomorrow. And I think this verse is where we can be very helpful in thinking through that. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only that which is good for edification or for building up according to the need of the moment. My wife burning the dinner is a true statement. And it is not a matter of withholding truth or lying and saying that I love dinner. What I can say is true words that build up in that moment, that I am so very thankful that after her busy day, she loved me enough to make dinner, that as she was given and entrusted a day by the Lord, she spent herself in caring for our home, in raising our kids and in showing care for me. See, there's no deception there. There's no half truth there about the quality of whatever the dinner was. There's an absolutely truthful recognition of love and appreciation for what did happen. Is that a half truth? I don't think it is because to be honest with you in that moment, uh, the effort that she puts into it would make that dinner beautiful and amazing regardless of what it tasted like. And that's a, that's a silly trifling example maybe, but you can apply it to all of our more common situations. Uh, We are not going to most of us run into a situation where someone demands the truth of us that would put another, another person's life in danger. But daily we are asked for our opinion and our input, and we are called to respond in a way that is truthful and edifying. And those two things aren't at war. They require wisdom. They certainly require humility but those two things are not at war. Paul goes goes on to say, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. All of those negative things that tend to impact our speech. Uh, Why do I sometimes withhold the truth? Well, it's because I am bitter and angry because I'm slanderous. Uh, Tempted to speak the worst about someone rather than to speak the best about them. And verse 32, and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. Um, Kindness, tenderheartedness, forgiveness, those are difficult words to speak. Yet we're called to do them. Uh, The Christian is to be characterized by truth and by love. And even if you go to what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, all that whole chapter that deals with love, love does not delight in evil, but love rejoices with the truth. So it's not loving to lie. It's not loving to cover over a sin. It's not loving to ignore a fault. It is loving to tell the truth. And it is loving and it is demanding and difficult on us to speak the truth especially when it comes to someone else's faults or failures or shortcomings in a way that is both truthful and edifying. And, and as I approach a situation, and I guess I guess this kind of gets back to the heart of it, I can approach it in one of two ways, either how do I preserve myself and my best interest in this, or how do I love God and love others in this? So you're asked to approve the expense report that has numbers that aren't exactly accurate. If I approach that as how do I preserve myself through this, then a half truth suddenly makes a lot of sense or overlooking something and lying makes a lot of sense because that preserves self. But if I'm looking for the way to love God and love others, then I can delight in the truth and actually demonstrate my faith in God by exposing what is false in a way that is still humble and respectful, but that tells the truth. When someone comes to you and says, does this outfit make me look fat? <laughs> I can respond out of a heart that says I'm going to preserve self because I don't want the conflict or I don't want to be rude, which by the way, we shouldn't be rude, or I can look at it in a much more active means of obedience. How do I love God and love others through my comments on what I'm about to say? Can I genuinely look past a an outfit, which doesn't matter in the least. And can I use my words to build up in this moment with truth that honors God and honors this person made in his image? See, that's a much more difficult question. It's a much more uh, impactful question than how much of the truth is demanded in this moment. In that moment, every word, every thought, every heart, attitude, and affection ought to be, how do I love God and how do I love others? It's just more fun to talk about the sensational cases. <laughs> but so much of life isn't those grand moments of terrific decision and uh, you know huge divide one way or the other. So much of our life is just the common day-to-day habits that we build up. And I think sadly, uh, the church, young, old, new believers, believers for a long time, Uh, we look through God's word and we look at it and we try to find the line to know how close we can get to it. Rather than looking through God's word and searching out those areas where how can I be obedient and how do I run headlong into that? So while that probably doesn't clear up every specific instance, um, because there are always 10,000 what ifs. Well, what about this scenario? What about this scenario? And I think my question and my counsel would always go back to the same thing. Where is your heart in the middle of that? Not how much truth should you tell, but in that circumstance, how are you pursuing actively with your whole heart, pursuing obedience and love to God and love and honor to others?
0: Thank you very much, Pastor Matt. That was a really great answer, very opening. And thank you very much for listening and for coming back to the podcast. Um, we're really grateful that we have such a wide variety of listeners and such a big audience.
1: And Noah, can you take our guests through uh, what they're going to hear next week on the podcast <laughs> when I'm out of town?
0: Matt will be out of town next week. <laughs> And I'm going to be giving my testimony.
1: So you make sure that you tune back in because uh, that is going to be a fantastic episode where we get to hear about how God got a hold of Noah Greer and what he's done in his life.
0: Yes, that will be next week. So make sure you tune in. And if you have a question of your own, make sure that you send us an email. You can send us an email at groundedwithmatround at gmail.com. If you want to stay up to date with all our podcasts, visit our website groundedwithmatt.com where you can view them all and read the articles specifically on each episode. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week for that exciting episode.